Giants are striding their way into D&D 5e in this newest edition from Wizards of the Coast. In a similar vein to Fitzben's Treasury of Dragons from a couple years back, Glory of the Giants is primarily a lore book centered around the giant folk and their Ordnig, but with quite a bit more mechanical oomph than what we got the last time around. Does all of it really add up into something worth buying, though? Well, kind of. If having giants in your next campaign or learning about the Ordning is important to you, stick around for today's video. WotC has only shrunk this offering once again, but they've also raised the price, making Glory of the Giants both the smallest and the most expensive official D&D content on offer, which is not a great start. Early on in 5e's history, books commonly clocked in at about 256 pages and sold for $49.99. Bigby is a whopping 64 pages shorter at 192 pages, and the MSRP is officially all the way up to $69.95. Granted, you can still find digital versions of the book for $29.99, but that physical copy price just seems ridiculous to me considering previously offered slim volumes still only ran about 30 bucks for a physical copy. To get off that soapbox for a minute, the actual content is mostly aimed towards Dungeon Masters, with a little bit of player content sprinkled in. It's a bit more mechanical content heavy than Fitzbane's grant you, but lore still occupies most of the pages. When it comes to what's on offer in the book, we of course have a bunch of lore. Giants in the Forgotten Realms have a deep and detailed history filled with gods and divine dramas that spill into the lives of their titanic descendants. If you played Storm King's Thunder, you'll already know quite a bit about this, from the grand hierarchy of giants called the Ordning, to the giant offshoots like trolls and ogres. Here we frame the lore as the titular Bigby's conversations and musings with the giant goddess Diancastra. We also get a few snippets of giant lore outside the Forgotten Realms, but the lion's share goes towards our established canon. I do appreciate how much of the lore is oriented towards how it relates towards potential adventurers rather than just lists of facts and dates. I think it beats out Fitzbins in that regard, as each chunk of the lore serves a purpose, and I can see most of it coming up in a game. I would even say a lot of the stuff in here could be easily injected into a one-shot if you really wanted to fill that out with some background lore and environmental storytelling. We also, of course, have Path of the Giant, probably the biggest piece of player-facing content. This first and foremost lets you become big while you rage, an effect that feels even more impactful if you start with a small race. Beyond that gimmick, it focuses surprisingly hard on thrown weapons and turning the tiny people around you into thrown weapons, which is just... just amazing. This book also comes with new backgrounds, such as Giant Foundling and Rune Carver, which are interesting to me not in theming, which is fine, but because they're bound to two new feats of similar names. The backgrounds of each provide much of what I'd expect from a background, but also specifically grant a bonus feat at first level, mind you. We also get a little rules snippet saying that essentially if using these backgrounds, everybody else should also get a bonus feat at first level, even if they don't take the new stuff. I think what we're seeing here are ripples coming off of the new 5.5e or D&D Next content, where starting off the game with a bonus feat will be the norm. This book also comes with eight new feats, which is a bit misleading. Really what we get here are two new feats, namely Rune Shaper and Strike of the Giants, and six half feats you can only take if you already have Strike of the Giants. Each of these half-feats has a different, mostly elemental twist, taking you down the roots of the six main giant families. 
I think these will be much more relevant in upcoming 5.5 reality where everybody starts with feats, but right now requiring two feats to make something happen isn't going to be seen often at many game tables. We also get 39 assorted tables, part of my inner DM smiles whenever I see well-made encounter and loot tables, and I was grinning ear to ear on these. The book is absolutely brimming with useful tables for all occasions, many of them even giant related. I wasn't expecting a dinosaur encounter table, but I'm happy to have one. I think this is one of the big ways that Bigby presents itself as a DM toolbook first and a lore book second, as opposed to Fitzbands, which went on for chapters without dealing with anything game related. We also get 18 giant enclaves. This is the book's biggest and best innovation, and I'm very glad that they pushed it and gave it a solid chunk of the book. Each enclave is a map, either a small dungeon or a whole region, with accompanying fluff and giant flavored lore. Each one is given to you with the special rules concerning the area's strange and magical properties, which love the endless rock slide cave, by the way, and four to five potential hooks to use in your adventures. More than just idea prompts, these hooks go on to tell you how to populate the map with encounters, using those handy encounter tables and monsters, and even how to string some of them together to create a greater story narrative. I absolutely love this technique. Anyone that's watched this channel for a long time probably already knows I love things like this. It holds the DM's hand loosely, giving them all the tools they need to make what they want without just driving them down a pre-written adventure path. Absolute kudos to Watsy for this. I hope they do more of this in the future. DMs deserve more resources like this, especially ones just starting out. We also get a surprising wealth of fun magic items here, ranging across all tiers of play. A good number of these are either directly related to giants or at least have some form of rune magic going on. I know a few of these will be making their way into my future games, particularly the Tyrannosaurus Rex figuring of power, because just imagine the trouble a party can get up to with a pocket T-Rex. I didn't think I'd ever get to say those words. And then we also get a lot of monsters, 71 in fact, for what is expected to be more of a lore book. For example, the bestiary section of Spelljammer had only a total of 72 monster stat blocks, only a single point up from Bigby. I don't know if this is the result of getting the remains of a scrapped adventure path, the new normal, or something in between, but I'm absolutely here for it. I'm particularly interested to see what they do with the new death giants, which are essentially just huge drow. They're purple-skinned murder giants who've sworn fealty to the Raven Queen, and I need to learn all about them, or at very least come up with my own lore for them. Before I wrap this review up, we do need to talk about Wizards of the Coast's most recent case of foot in the mouth, which has been a frequent occurrence as of late. For everyone unaware, Bigby Presents Glory of the Giants has shipped with AI-generated artworks. If the debate on AI art has escaped you completely somehow, the issue is complex, but when boiled down is an argument about an artist's right to their work, and on replacing artists with machines that use those same artists' work to replace them. Very close to the release of Bigby, we started getting some spoiler artworks, and some of our more observant nerds noticed some of the distinct AI weirdness in those artworks. Not all of them, but... A few. According to Watsy, those AI abominations are all from a single artist that used AI without their knowledge and without their permission. Now, to be entirely honest, I'm not sure I believe that at all. Hasbro has been aggressively trying to squeeze more money out of everything they own for the last few years, and I highly doubt their ability to resist the allure of free art for their products. This could very well be a single artist trying to sneak it in, but it could also very easily be management trying to sneak it in to test the waters and they threw the artist to the wolves. 
I don't know either way, but at very least it means their quality control was slacking hard because those wolves definitely had weird mutant human feet. We all saw that, right? If you haven't seen it, you need... Do we? Can, can I show it on screen? To their credit, the AI artwork has been quickly pulled from the digital version, but the first print run has already shipped. Weird human dog paws and all that stuff. Take this as just another reason not to pick up Bigby as a physical copy, or perhaps even more of a reason, which we'll get more into in just a second. And to address this really quick, yes, we did release a book back a few months ago called Andrar's Vault that did use AI art, but it also featured human art, and we we would like to think there is a bit more quality control with that than wolf dog paws. And also, Skull Splitter Dice uh, does not have Hasbro money. Hasbro has Hasbro money. They can afford to pay for real artists. When it comes to what's good about the book, this is essentially Fitzbands 2.0 in the best possible way. At the core, Bigby is still a lore book and should scratch that info itch and provide you with plenty of Forgotten Realms reading. But Fitzband was almost just a lore book and that made it hard to recommend for the average player. You only bought Fitzbins if you wanted a bunch of dragon lore, but you should buy Bigby's if you're a DM. And if you're interested in giant lore, that only makes it better. There's enough here to craft multiple giant-themed campaigns, and it wouldn't be hard to assemble them either. Bigby's has set itself up as an actual set of DM tools, and I think any DM will be better equipped to run their games with this in their arsenal. The content we got is good. It's everything that isn't there and all the stuff surrounding this book that's terrible. Let's put aside the whole AI art issue for a second because that's not fair to the book we did get. It still means the book is now missing a few art pieces, but that's not the biggest issue, not by a long shot. In the last few years, I noticed some worrying trends, and I'm sad to see my own predictions vindicated. The books are getting shorter and they're charging more for less content. Charging more than ever for a standard issue of their shortest book release is a... It's a ballsy move, Watsy. $70 is a hefty price tag for a short collection of DM tools and lore. I honestly think that their inclusion of a few player-facing options is less about including content and more about trying to trick players into spending $70 for a few pages of content intended for them. I wouldn't be ranting about it if it was one or the other, but... Shorter volumes? Fine. Lighter content with more effort put into it can be a good thing. More expensive? I hate it, but I understand inflation hits us all, but both together? I feel like unless we draw a line in the sand somewhere, by this time in a few years we'll be spending $100 for a third of the book we used to get for $50. And it's even more audacious when you consider just how much free DM and player-related content is out there from people that just posted in a Reddit thread, essentially, sometimes. Heck, you can even find good AI art on Reddit that you could just put with the thing. <sighs> Ultimately, I do think Bigby is a step up from Fitzbins, a well-rounded set of lore and DM tools that is elevated above a mere lore book. However, I can't ignore all the surrounding issues. Some great writers and artists obviously worked hard on this book and accomplished something really good, but getting squeezed on both price and content is a terrible position for any product. It's just too much for me to overlook. Normally, we at Skull Splitter don't make that big of a distinction between a physical and digital copy and say to each their own, but in this case, the value is just not there for a $70 physical book. 
Digital copies can still be had for $30, though, and while still smaller than what I'd usually like to see at a $30 price tag, it is reasonable for what you're getting. If a big set of DM tools and giant lore sounds interesting, pick Bigby up, but do so from a digital provider rather than bothering with actual paper. And I thought Strixhaven made me upset. When it comes to a physical copy, final score is definitely 3 out of 10. It's just, it's not worth that price. Baldur's Gate 3 is that price. Uh, <laughs> it's not the same thing at all, but I'm just saying. Uh, digital copy, though, final score, easily 7.5 out of 10. Maybe even personally for me, because, you know, I'm actually going to say me, Patrick Ferguson, 8.5 out of 10, because I really do like a lot of the tools here. Uh, just don't get the physical copy. It's so disappointing I have to make this distinction. Thank you guys so much for watching. I really appreciate it. Be sure to like and subscribe because we're putting out new content all the time. Go see what we're up to over on SkullSplitterDice.com. And if you plan on picking this book up, I would absolutely love to know why down in the comments. Is it the giant lore? Is it the, is it the creatures? Is it the DM tools? I just want to know why this interests you. Uh, thanks again for watching. My name is Patrick Ferguson from Skull Splitter Dice, and until next time, farewell.